0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the School for School Counselors podcast. I'm so glad you're back here with me. I'm Steph Johnson, host of the podcast and founder of School for School Counselors. And this week, we're going to be talking a little bit about burnout. So much conversation these days about burnout in the school counselor world. And it seems to really be hitting earlier than usual. Normally, we would see folks really start talking about burnout in earnest toward the end of October or the beginning of the holiday season. That's when we typically see the conversations get started, and then they really seem to amp up around February. Now, this is anecdotal. Um, I really don't have anything to back this up, but my team here at School for School Counselors and I pretty much live on social media because we're always monitoring the pulse of what's going on. And the pattern that I just described is what we've traditionally seen in the school counseling world. Unfortunately, Here lately, it seems like there are lots more conversations about burnout, and they're coming a lot earlier. So we're going to take a walk through the idea of burnout just to try to normalize the reasons why you might be feeling that way, because it is no fun to feel like you're the only one, right? Have you ever been there? (laughs) I bet you have. I think first, kind of the elephant in the room right now is just this huge needs avalanche that we're seeing. School counselors are encountering unprecedented levels of anxiety, depression, instability. All kinds of things are manifesting not only in our students, but in their parents, in their home environments, and even in our school staff. It's such a wide array of responses, and I'll go out on a limb and say, we're seeing a lot more urgent needs clustered together in very short amounts of time. It almost feels like they'll never stop coming, and most of them are requiring either immediate or almost immediate intervention. So, if you're a new school counselor or a recent graduate, you may be feeling ill equipped or ill prepared, but I'm going to tell you right now. Even experienced school counselors are feeling this. It just feels unprecedented and almost like we're running triage all day long. We have to determine whose needs are greatest, who can we get to the fastest, and then we try to work our way down the list as best we can. The problem is, The list continues growing longer as we're working down it. It never seems to get shorter. When you add this needs avalanche in with your sincere desire to help students, uh, that servant's heart that you have, right? Because that's what brought you into the field in the first place. Then these needs feel even more urgent. Second, and I think this goes hand in hand with the knees avalanche, is the threat of compassion fatigue. Compassion fatigue can be caused by a lot of things, but research tells us that there are certain circumstances that are common to school counseling that can really enhance the risk of compassion fatigue. For example, if you're a school counselor that works on different campuses on different days, what these studies refer to as mixed work settings, then you may be more prone to suffering a little compassion fatigue. If you regularly fill a mix of both school counseling and administrative duties, because y'all, we know a lot of campuses are like that. This kind of role ambiguity and fighting to understand what you're supposed to really be doing on campus, y'all, that can take a toll. On a related note, I've talked to several school counselors here in just the last month who are really confused and seeking guidance on what their role is on campus versus a social worker versus a social emotional coach or things like that. The lines can get really blurry if you don't have a strong administrator that's making sure that everybody understands what their job is specifically. And again, research tells us that role confusion can definitely lead to higher risk of compassion fatigue. Also, the number of traumatized children on your caseload, poor professional boundaries, the ages of the students that you're serving, and even just your high empathy and your desire to eliminate other people's suffering are all additional factors that can promote compassion fatigue. It's something we need to be vigilant about and really be careful about, so we just don't start leaning that direction. And we're going to have a whole episode coming up soon just about compassion fatigue. So keep your ears open for that. Go ahead and hit subscribe for the podcast so you don't miss it when it comes out. Third, I think a lot of the early burnout discussion is coming from school counselors who are working in very dysfunctional work environments. Now we know, and y'all, I'm going to be real about this because I don't think it does anybody any favors by pretending it's not happening We know that school campuses can be some of the most dysfunctional work environments on the face of the earth, right? (laughs) And if you've worked on a campus like that, you know what I mean. That kind of environment wears you down. It makes you tired. It makes you feel like you have to be on guard all of the time, and it just gets really, really heavy. And feels overwhelming. Funny story. There's a research study that's published. You can go pull the paper and read about it. Centering on something called motivational cues. What they did, they set some folks down to complete a series of mazes on paper. In each maze, there was a cartoon mouse. And the mouse had to get to the end of the maze to get the cartoon picture of cheese. That was the mouse's reward. In one version of the mazes, there was a big cartoon owl that loomed over the whole thing. It was kind of ominous looking, like it was hunting that mouse down, just watching and waiting for its chance to swoop in and grab the poor little thing. What's interesting is that the study found that folks completed more mazes and were able to complete them more quickly when they had just the motivation of reaching the cheese. That reward at the end, even a cartoon piece of cheese, was way more motivating than the fear of the picture of the owl hunting the mouse. As a matter of fact, the picture of the hunting owl actually slowed the participants down when they were completing the mazes. When I read about that, it made me think about the school environments that a lot of you are working in. Where when you walk in the door at the beginning of the day, you already essentially feel like you're being hunted, right? Y'all worked on a campus like that? I have. I get it. And it's not a good feeling to go into work each morning feeling on edge, feeling anxious. And so if that's your reality, that's definitely contributing to some feelings of burnout. It's like, this is too much. I'm done. I'm out. I can't do this anymore, or it's not worth it. Force feeling pressure to fix everything can lead to feelings of burnout. There's what I call a spotlight effect in school counseling. When we're called to help in certain situations, we're called to assist teachers or administrators, and the whole time we feel as though there's a spotlight shining on us. When we're speaking with this student, when we're trying to coax them out of a classroom or out from under a table, or trying to urge them to regulate, whatever the case may be. In the moment, it feels like everybody's in that hallway everybody's in that classroom, and they're watching and waiting for us to fail. Now, they may not be really doing that, and they probably aren't, but that's what it feels like. Every time you answer a call on your walkie, you know that's what it's going to feel like. Almost like you're being judged for the outcome, like it's a test each and every time. Ever feel like that? Now, multiply it by however many requests for assistance you get in a day, and it's easy to see how quickly that can get absolutely exhausting. I think, too, that because we're people, 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 persons, how do you say that? (laughs) I think most of us really just want to be liked by everybody. We want them to appreciate us. And we perhaps secretly desire to be recognized for our expertise on campus, right? We've worked hard to acquire our education and our skills. It would be nice to have that recognized. But our need to be liked or our need to be appreciated sometimes just intensifies the spotlight effect. We slip into a perfection paradox. We feel like we have to be perfect all the time, even though we know that's not possible. And we still continue striving to get there. Top that off with some role confusion, with some role ambiguity, trying to prove yourself and what you're made of and what you can contribute to that campus. And it can end up feeling like overwhelming pressure or trying to achieve an impossible dream. Oh my gosh, that makes me tired just thinking about it. Are you seeing yourself in any of these situations yet? Are you in a needs avalanche? Have you been flirting with compassion fatigue? Have you been battling spotlight fears? There's no shame there. I think we all visit each of these periodically in our careers. It's what we do about it that counts. But before we talk about our action plan, let me talk about a last huge contributor to burnout. And again, this is not my opinion. This is research-based. One big contributor to burnout is a lack of meaningful representation or a lack of meaningful support. Let's be real. Your professional organizations may not feel meaningful to you. And what I mean by that is, and this is no shade on any organization, but a lot of us are very distanced from what goes on there. We are usually not invited into a lot of their processes. It's not easy just to jump in and work within an organization, and sometimes we don't even know what they're working on. Very few of our state school counseling associations have publicized any kind of legislative advocacy for us to get behind. They're just not rallying people to promote outcomes, and so that can feel like a lack of meaningful support. There's also a tremendous lack of peer consultation and support in our field. Most school counselors' local options for consultation and support may not feel very safe. You often don't feel like you can say everything you need to say within your colleague group or ask the questions that you want to ask for fear of being judged or for fear of those questions being repeated and passed on to the ears of folks you'd rather not have know what you're wondering about. And it's not because you're asking anything you shouldn't be. But as you're trying to learn and grow as a professional, you typically don't want others to see you as a newbie, right? Too green, too young, too inexperienced. You don't want to give people the ammunition to jump to those conclusions. As a school counselor in general, where the majority of our work is done behind the veil of confidentiality, it often feels like nobody understands what's laid on our hearts each day. We can't walk into the teacher's lounge and unload, right? We can't stop a colleague in the hallway and process out loud. So it can feel like nobody's getting what you're walking through. Nobody knows what it's like to go through the day the way that you do. And over time, if you don't get the right kinds of support, that can start to feel really demoralizing. So I want to tell you, if you've been feeling this way, whether you've recently started with your school counseling journey or whether you've been at it for a while, if you're feeling like this, like this isn't what I signed up for, this isn't what I want to do, things have changed too much. They're asking too much of me. I'm burning myself out. And y'all, I get it. This is an unprecedented time in our field. Absolutely unprecedented. And I feel like I've said this in almost every episode, since COVID, you know, since COVID, but that's a major benchmark for what's going on right now. Since COVID, so many lives have changed. So many perspectives have changed. So many systems have been uprooted and upended, including family systems. We're tasked with trying to help put all that back together in some way. But at the same time, we're feeling all these pressures. We're feeling this compassion fatigue. Maybe we're working in dysfunctional environments or if we feel like we're not being represented or supported. You think, why am I doing this? It's not going to change or it's getting worse. I want to encourage you if you're in that place. I'm not going to tell you, oh, guys, everything's going to be okay. Just practice some self-care. You hear that in other places, don't you? I'm not going to say that because it's not going to help with your situation. That is too little, too late. But if you're in a place where you're toying with the decision to step out of school counseling entirely, and there's no shame if you decide that's what's best for you and your family, there will be no judgment. But before you do that, I want to encourage you, find some quality support. Find some folks that can walk with you and stand with you through this, whatever the outcome of the process ends up being. Because sometimes it's all about knowing you have people in your corner. Sometimes it's all about knowing there are other people who understand your experience and to be able to have a conversation about that, to be able to share with others and know that they get it. It is so important to be seen. We know that with our daily work with our students. You need to be seen too. And maybe along the way you can pick up some ideas for some things that you can do to make your school counseling experience more palatable while you make your decision. Or if you're one of those people that knows you are going to stick with school counseling, but you want to make it better so you don't go home exhausted or stressed to your ultimate limits, you're not snapping at your family, you're not too tired to go out into your community. Please get some good support. So, what are we going to do this week? What's our action plan for burnout? Number one. When we address that needs avalanche, we've got to make sure that we have our thumb on best practices and good, reliable resources for serving students. We need to have a personal go file of what works for us without wading through the social media wilderness, without wading through teachers pay teachers land. We don't want to be doing any of that stuff right now. And there's some great stuff out there, don't get me wrong, but you need to conserve your mental energy. Things like icebreaker activities, go to activities that can work for a multitude of needs, or even better, a practiced approach to working with your students that doesn't require many supplies at all. If you don't have any go tos yet, or you don't know what you like, come join us in our School for School Counselors Mastermind. I'm going to start doing some posts once a week in our private mastermind community to show some of my favorite tools in my counseling office and how I use them. Everything in my office is very carefully curated. If it doesn't serve multiple functions, then it doesn't get to live there. That's just how I help conserve my mental bandwidth. So I'm going to be showing some of those, and I'm going to be showing how I work with them and how they can apply to many different things. And I'm sure as I'm showing them, our members are going to be adding their ideas as well because they're just about the smartest people on the planet. It's going to be a really, really great idea exchange, and it can really get you thinking about what you want to include in your go-to's. Also, you can begin working to make sure you have a defined approach ready when you're working with students. If you want to be solution-focused, for example, which is what I recommend to all school counselors, go begin building a foundation in solution-focused counseling skills, or whatever your approach of choice is, so that you're not sitting across from a student thinking, oh my gosh, what do I do now? (laughs) Have you been there? (laughs) By the way, I'm laughing, you can tell. I have been there more than once. But those kinds of situations add to your stress level. And so if you have a solid foundational approach, it will help alleviate some of those mental gymnastics. Third, find your safe space. You need a safe space to process. You need a safe space to talk through the issues that could ultimately lead you into compassion fatigue. You need safe opportunities to talk through navigating a dysfunctional work environment or how to work with a difficult principal. Maybe get some support in feeling like you don't have to be the hero every day. I think we seriously underestimate in counseling what a difference that makes for us as professionals. We want to pretend like we can work as islands unto ourselves. But y'all, I'm telling you that's not the way to do it. And as I'm talking, I really kind of feel like this is starting to turn into a commercial for our school for school counselors mastermind. But that really is not the intention. I just believe in it so much because we've had so many school counseling members in there tell us how transformational the experience has been for them. And I want that for everybody. So if you're interested, no pressure. Hop on over schoolforschoolcounselors.com slash mastermind. Check it out for a month or two. See if it's what you need, what you like, what you can learn. See if it checks the boxes for you, and if not, leave. We're not going to pressure you to stay around if it's not helping you. It takes one button to leave, but we do want to be of service to you while you're there. We want to support you. We want to learn about you and get to know you, because that's truly where we feel we find our strength. We find our strength in each other. And as we always say around here, we are stronger and smarter together. So I hope that that was helpful to you. If nothing else, just to validate some reasons why you may be fearing you're in burnout, because I promise you, you are not the only one. In the next few podcast episodes, we're going to be going more in depth into burnout We're going to be talking a lot about what you can do about burnout more specifically, what it looks like, and what the differences are between just being stressed out and being burned out. So I really want to encourage you, if this is a topic that's near and dear to your heart, there are two things you need to do. Number one, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe. Then number two, leave us a review. Help us spread the word so that other school counselors can learn about this podcast, can access the information, and can feel supported themselves. That's the whole reason this thing exists. And then if you want to go next level and it's on your heart, share the podcast with a colleague. Share it in your social media send an email link because we want to support and lift up any school counselor that needs it. That's our dream. And it's an important piece of our large scale plan for mass advocacy. Y'all, we're building that direction. We want you with us. We want you on the train. So when we reach our destination, you can say, I remember, I remember when they first started getting this school for school counselors train rolling and I was in the first car. So again, check us out, schoolforschoolcounselors.com slash mastermind. It's a game changer, I promise you. Uh, We work our guts out over there for you with all kinds of modules, information, support, consultation chats, and we even have right now some workshops on solution-focused counseling. We've got some basics of the approach for those of you that haven't worked in it very long, and we're going to be bringing some advanced techniques into the group as well. So, We're going to show you some ways that you can really expand your work in solution-focused counseling and really effectively use that paradigm to support students. It's so super powerful. Also, we're hosting a free event coming up soon for those of you listening to this episode close to the release date. Our Eight Habits of Amazing School Counselors is happening October 20th. And it is going to be an amazing time, uh, not only getting great ideas and motivation for the school year, but also experiencing the vibe of what it's like to be inside our mastermind. You can sign up for the free 8 Habits event by going to schoolforschoolcounselors.com slash 8habits. And we're using the number 8 there, not spelling it out. The number 8, schoolforschoolcounselors.com slash 8habits. Get your free ticket into that event. It is going to be a blast. All right. Well, until I talk with you next week, I hope you have the chance to compile your go-to resources select your primary foundational approach and find a place somewhere where you can receive meaningful consultation and support. I'll be back with some more thoughts on burnout next week, but until then, no, I am rooting for you. Sign up for the Eight Habits of Amazing School Counselors or sign up for the School for School Counselors Mastermind and have the best week ever. Y'all take care. Thank you.